Hello, are you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So uh, why don't you tell everyone the Not Boring Nation uh, a little bit about yourself? Yes. So my name is Darian. I've spent some time building startups, uh, three or four here in Seattle, and uh, mainly just interested in uh, connecting technology uh, to customer use cases. And I think that's why ultimately I'm focused on no code now is because it really enables uh, builders without a technology background or really any background to focus on the customer need and uh, go out and solve customer problems and get there faster. And what is Rad Seattle? That's the company you're currently working with or working on now, right? That's correct. So we, we started, I started with a partner uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, really realizing that there's so many people trying to pivot their business, start new businesses. And we came from a top-down thesis. Uh, I have a background in finance and investing, and we wanted to say, what are the trends that we think are secular growth trends? And we looked at things like fintech, uh, where I have a background as well, e-commerce and, and others. And we said, what about the tools that are enabling the building of these new products? And that's how we settled on no code. And mm. so our thesis is that uh, some of these businesses need some help with go to market or even uh, just being recognized, like having name recognition or brand recognition. As we start to talk about the no code tools, um, both on the no code tool side and on the builder side. So on the no code tool, you know, even a company like bubble that's, that's been around since 2012 and, really launched and gained momentum in 2015, uh, the majority of entrepreneurs I've talked with have, have no idea what Bubble is. Um, so that's, um. just, that's just an example of the need for a higher level of awareness around the tools that are able to uh, accomplish the job and, and support the startup ecosystem. Yeah, I think that's really smart because uh, a lot of people, and because Bubble is like the, the biggest one, what you would believe to be on social media, right? So like, as these no code tools evolve, they start to really find the niche with non-technical people, but they net, they did not start that way. Right? right. So like, like all these no code tools started, especially bubble. They started with helping developers develop faster. Right. And then it's like, cool, build an app, visual development, you know, like um, Webflow was started for designers. Designers are, so technical individuals, they know like Photoshop and the technical behind it. Um, where do you think the future of these tools go, right? Like with ease of use in trying to really reach out to the people that aren't just on Twitter, right? Cause yeah. like you and I can see that, you know, like that's like, it's kind of the same people on Twitter. You know what I mean? How do you get, how do they get beyond what, what is in social media now and, and, and branch out? Yeah, that's a great question, Jeremy. And I think one of it, uh, you know, this relates to uh, the crossing the chasm of, of thinking about the technology adoption lifecycle, where there's the early adopters that sometimes are technologists or find it through, you know, a group that they follow. And then they, you know, whether that's that's the Twitter, Twitter sphere or something, you know, else in their uh, physical community. And then once, once those early adopters are uh, used up, then there's this chasm to get to that mass adoption. And I think that's, that's really where we think we are in, with a lot of no code. And as you mentioned, there's this spectrum of easy, easy to use and hard to use. And then on the other axis is um, level of functionality. So uh, really there's this, this 
diagonal line that goes through those um, through the origin. And it, if you have something that's easier to use, generally it's going to have lower complexity, uh, less functionality. And if there's mm -hmm. something that's harder to use, there's a higher uh, level of functionality or complexity. And I think that's something that we'll start to see actually help uh, adoption to where it becomes clear and, and a uh, product really owns it. So, you know, we don't, uh, it wouldn't be conducive uh, for the industry for Bubble to go out and say, we're the easiest to use, you know, come mm -hmm. use us because everyone knows that's, that's not really the case. Um, sure. And then if all these really beginner users come to use it thinking they can get up and running in yeah. five minutes and build an app, it's just not feasible, even though it's, you know, much faster than coding. All so right. I think, I think, you know, uh, I followed what you're doing at V1, which is to say, oh. we also need a product that maybe, you know, doesn't have really, really intense, complex functionality, but gets, you know, 80% of the jobs done and, yep. and you can get there much faster. So I think really owning an identity is what's going to help cross yeah. that chasm. God damn it, Darren. Yes. Like that. So we've gone into, um, like a, at like at V1, we've just talked internally about being known as the starting point, right? Like, like get started with a drag and drop builder. And we're actually talking with Bubble and uh, being able to export from our builder to theirs when you want to go more complex. So like, um, and I just think that we could capture like that white hot center of the people. Like you, like we were talking about 80% of people, like you were saying, 80% of people uh, we're good for. But like the 20% and a lot of times that's Twitter, no that like expect when they go in to be like bubble, right? You know, and it's like, oh, I can't do this, this and this. And it's like, what about anything we were saying is this? Right. So it's like, how do you, how would you suggest we advice? Maybe you can give me a little piece of advice on really positioning ourselves as the starter, right? Like what in your head would, would help position us that way? Yeah. Well, I think to some extent you've already done a good job on it, but I mean, I think some of it comes from uh, the, the communities where you position yourselves and then even having some sort of uh, slider or self uh, classification by users. So someone could come in and, and you have a slider that lets them select either beginner, you know, on the way left or something and then slide it to more advanced. And, and that gives like a graph uh, or just a line chart of like how uh, good of a fit, you know, they are for, for V1. Um, That's kind of smart. Yeah, I think you, people are generally visual learners and if they can come in and self-classify, it saves you the time of having to, you know, reach out to users that are struggling. They can they can do it up front and, and then the users that do join will be, you know, even more satisfied and, and have lead to some higher retention. But I think I think that's, you know, that level of transparency and uh, mm. keeping communication simple with visuals uh, is, is definitely helpful. Ooh. I think I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to get your opinion on it. Is that cool? Like later yeah. when I do that? Please, okay. please send, um, over the, the, yeah. send over the the V1. No no pun intended. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, you're perfect. I knew this would be great. Okay. So um, I could probably talk all day and get your opinion on that because you're brilliant. But uh, what about a trend you don't like in no code right now? So like I, as we were building V1 over the last like 18, like 18, 24 months-ish, um, I I wasn't really inside the Twitter no code verse, you know? So like I would always build with like 
old school no code tools like WordPress and just Typeform and MailChimp and the early form of Zapier. And for me, I was never really exposed to it until like last summer. And then I was like, oh, cool. There are all these people that are talking about no code. I can join the community. And then it became the same people just taught, just helping the same people. Right. So like, that's something that I'm noticing. Right. So where I'm like, oh, I want to get more people in this community. And it feels like those people almost create a barrier, right? Like a bear, like an intimidating barrier. It's just yeah, my I, feeling and my thought. Um, I, I think I totally, I totally agree with that. And I noticed the same thing and it's because uh, I, I think people uh, to some extent resist change and there's mm. other groups I'm a part of, uh, one being a human progress group. And I think when newcomers come, every once in a while, one of the one of the uh, long-term uh, sort of loyalists will come in and say, you know, who, who are these people that come in not knowing what they're talking about, don't have their PhD and, you know, et cetera. And I think it's, you know, that that's not a way to help the field grow and help help to have meaningful full progress. So I think, you know, I, I witness a little bit of the same thing happening in no code where, you know, the whole in point, the whole point is to be inclusive and to bring new people in this space. And instead it's, well, you know, how, how can the people who are already building build uh, one, one application per month or something like that? And it's not, yeah. you know, I'm not really knocking on the challenge. I, you know, I've actually spoken to a few of the people doing the challenge to, you know, put out a new project a month or something. And I think that's okay. But what about those startups that have a vision for the next 10 years? And, and they're, they're not just, you know, these, these small time creators that they, they want to build, you know, the future with no code. And I think those type of big projects aren't really being encouraged quite as much. Uh, so like a traditional startup is, is not even looking to no code. And instead, it's just like you said, the people who have already built projects are continuing to build on it. And they're doing these kind of smaller bite-sized, you know, rapid projects with there's nothing wrong with that. But I think without an example or, or someone leading in the space to say, look, we built our, you know, really big startup on on no code. And, and you know, we've went on to raise sure. VC or, or we've went on to self-fund and we're, you know, cash flow positive. But we've been doing this for five years and we, ha you know, have grown our user base, you know, from X to Y. I think that's what's what's really missing in the space. And um, yeah. so I, I agree with what you're seeing. Dude, I, I, I love that POV because it's, it really is just something that I care. Like I started this because I'm a non-technical person myself, right? Like for me, it's about helping other people that are like me. And when I see like other people starting no code shit, that's like, they're technical. I'm like, oh man, you don't even like, you don't even know the problem of like sitting there begging co like technical co-founders right to like help you out and like sitting there and beg and not being able to see your dream come true so it's like um i'll have to when when i get this v1 i'm thinking about it being a pop-up but like when i get this done we'll have to have you come back on and we'll discuss it um so lastly uh what is the best pro tip uh for any no code ceos out there that are maybe looking to start their real business right like getting and iterating on the real business, getting their first dollar out there, like their first paying customer with no code. Yeah, so probably the first first issue is really a mental barrier of saying, uh, of someone who has a big vision and very ambitious, 
uh, thinking that no code won't get them the next step of the way. They think maybe it's for an MVP only, and they spend an exorbitant amount of time thinking about, should I start here with no code or, or do I have to, you know, hire a team and build, you know, out this uh, big, big ordeal to get, get to my vision. And I think that that's sort of this, uh, you know, question that persists throughout the life of a startup. What's the right technology, uh, you know, looking, looking a little too far down the line sometimes. What I'd say is, you know, most of the time getting there faster. And even if you thought it was going to be more than an MVP and it ends up only being an MVP and you have to, you know, build something else out is almost always a better option, you know, because yeah. the, the data you're collecting from users on, you know, whether it's demand testing and demand testing, hopefully you're doing even before you build a product. Um, and that's a whole, whole nother episode around that. But I think um, even, you know, once you get that early version and iterating and getting feedback from customers is so valuable that even if you, you know, end up having to retool things down the road, um, spending, spending a lot of time thinking about that up front and trying to over plan is, is just the, an easy way to kill, kill the dream. So might, might as well, you know, start in no code, um, get something functional, get something working, collect some feedback and, and don't overthink it. I agree. Yeah, dude, I absolutely love that. So uh, where can everyone find you? Yeah, so lately I've uh, been been more active on uh, Twitter, as you mentioned. I think it, it's it's been a little more engaging, uh, you know, being being from uh, finance and technology uh, mm-hmm. for a long time. I, I spent, uh, you know, built up my presence on LinkedIn and, and was connecting with sort of the larger Fortune 500 company folks there. And and recently, though, I've I've realized that Twitter is is where things happen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where, where the engagement is. And so I think that's the best way to follow me. I have DMs open, uh, always looking to uh, hear more about what people are building in no code, see how it can help. I'm um, also radseattle.com is where you can read more about our thesis and, and sign up for our mailing list there. Uh, but um, you can always reach out to me directly via email as well. So looking forward to talking to no, more no-code folks and uh, hopefully coming back on to, to chat with you, Jeremy. <laughs> I, I love it, brother. You're the first, when I, when I get this V1 of the, the new image that I'm thinking about, like if it's right for you, because uh, I absolutely love this idea that came out of this. Uh, so you're brilliant. Uh, you're the greatest man. Uh, we will have you come back on and we'll, we'll shoot the shit again. But thank you so much, Darian, for coming on. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Jeremy. Cool. Take care. All right, bye.